before you uh, over the past few weeks in that this is all about Jesus. Jesus and the Pharisees here are bumping heads as we look at the context of this particular I am statements. Once again, he makes this statement and Jesus is confronted uh, by these Pharisees. In chapter 9 and verse 4, Jesus has said to these Pharisees who stand before him questioning who he is, and he says, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say, we see, your sin remains. Jesus proceeds there with this almost this, this confusing statement, this contradiction that they uh, remain blind. And he says, we see and your sin remains. He goes there from chapter 10 to speak about shepherding and sheep. It seems to not follow very closely, but remember who he's talking to. He's talking to the ones who were called to be shepherds of the sheep of God. The people of God. Israel in particular, but those people who were called out of darkness into the light. These are the shepherds, the teachers the pastors, those who were to lead God's people. Jesus uses a figure of speech here. All along when he's saying, I am the door, I am the shepherd, I am the light, he is using a figure of speech that if you are following along with him, you understand what he's saying. John talks on a couple different levels the literal level, and a figurative level. It's almost like saying it's raining cats and dogs outside. And if you've never heard that statement before, I mean, you would begin to wonder exactly what I was saying. Or to say someone has a heart of gold. Well, literally, do they have a heart of that Precious metal gold? Well, we mean they are generous and caring and giving to one another. Jesus makes himself here out to be the door into the sheepfold. And because the Pharisees, you see, don't understand, they don't see, he elaborates and he expands, even here in this section, verses 1 through 10, but also in chapter 7, or chapter 10, verses 7 through 21. In the rest of the chapter, he actually uh, brings this to bear once again and says, He is the great shepherd of the sheep that we're going to consider next week. And even after all this, in verse 24 of John 10, if you have your Bibles, look and see what the Pharisees say to him. They say, just cut to the chase here, Jesus. If you are the Christ, speak plainly to us. Tell us 
what you mean. Now, there's several things I want us to see as we consider this passage here this morning, verses 1 through 10. I want us to see who the sheep herders are. What those sheep herders are called to do as they do the job of calling and leading and protecting. Look with me at John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep must climb, but climbs up some other way. He is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The grass withers, the flowers fade and fall. But these words of our Lord God endure forever. Heavenly Father, O Lord, our eternal God, it's my prayer here before your people this morning with the words of my mouth, that the meditations of all of our hearts might be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When you think of shepherding, you probably think it is a very idyllic, peaceful, pastoral sort of life. Imagine enjoying God's creation out on the hillsides, gathering along these sweet little lambs and sheep. All of the talk about sheep that we have going on here in this passage this morning, honestly, is probably difficult for us to, to grasp and to comprehend totally because we live in an age that is so technologically advanced with space travel to outer parts of the, the universe. All of this shepherding and pastoral care probably seems so foreign. And yet it was a concept that was very clearly understood by the people of 
the day that Jesus was speaking to. When we say Jesus is the sheep door, or He is the great shepherd, what does your mind immediately go to? In the Scriptures, the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Isaiah in chapter 53 verse 6 says, All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. You all have been schooled in Ezekiel, I understand. And if you remember or recollect, and if you don't, you know where to go back to Ezekiel chapter 34, where God is talking through the prophet Ezekiel, rebuking the ones called to be shepherds. He says, woe shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? He says in 34.6, My flock wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill, but my flock was scattered over all the surface of the earth, and there was no one to search or to seek them. Then I will set over them, he says in chapter 34, 23-24, My servant David. Remember the context that Ezekiel wrote those words. They were several hundred years after David had died. And yet, Ezekiel says, I will set over these people one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Standing before God's people was this one Ezekiel's prophecy pointed to. You remember uh, from days gone by, uh, these... Uh, coloring books that had uh, connect the dots, numbers where you connect the, the numbers of those dots and it actually fills in and draws in a picture. Jesus is standing before these people and they're looking at a maze of dots on a page and he's saying, I am the one who connects the dots here for you. I am the shepherd of these sheep. The rest of the chapter is actually uh, yet another one of Jesus' debates and dialogues with these shepherds and confrontations with them. And they began to lose patience with Jesus, gathering around him and saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, just tell us plainly. These sheep herders, shepherds of the sheep, during Jesus' day was not a job that you probably wanted to go out and seek. If you were filling out a resume, it probably wasn't your main objective, and that was to be a shepherd of sheep. The shepherds were lonely, they were dirty. 
They were uh, people who worked 24-7, exhausting hours. And by the time that Jesus is making this, this analogy here that we read in John chapter 10, shepherds had acquired a very bad reputation in Palestine. They were among the lowest class of society. They were despised and considered untrustworthy. Their testimony was not to be admitted in a court of law. As a matter of fact, one rabbi during uh, that day, uh, during the time, has said parents should not teach their sons to be a donkey driver, a camel driver, a pot maker, a sailor, a storekeeper, or a shepherd. Sheep herding was not a prestigious or noteworthy occupation. And sometimes we get these pictures of these shepherds as innocent, quaint, little figures living in peace in quiet pastures. But you see, as Jesus said, I am the shepherd, I am the gate, I am the door to the shepherds, he was associating himself with a group of people that no one wanted to be associated with. And yet, everyone needed the wool, the lambs for sacrifice, and the meat for food. That's why it's so surprising when Jesus was born, isn't it? Who were the first people that the announcement was given to? Some of the first were the shepherds of the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord peered them, piercing the darkness, speaking to them. A Savior has been born to you, who is Christ the Lord. These shepherds are called shepherds because they oversee the care of sheep in a sheep pen or a sheep fold. Most of the commentators say that what is being alluded to here in the first three verses is a common sheep fold that would have been in most cities where the shepherds would come in and all the sheep would go into this one corral and as they needed to be called out the next day, each individual shepherd of his particular flock would stand at the door, the gate of those sheepfolds, and call out his own sheep, and they knew his voice. And he knew them. Jesus' assertion here in verse 1 that anyone who does not enter through the gate or this door is not a true shepherd but a thief and a robber is uh, referring to ones who try to enter into God's sheepfold by any other door than Him. Christ is saying here to the Pharisees, pointing His figurative finger at them and saying, Your purpose is is to exploit these people as thieves and as robbers by entering into this sheepfold and gathering sheep that God has called. 
to himself through your words and not mine. It is the shepherd who stands at the door and calls his sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. If you have your Bibles open, look down at verses 14 and 15 where Jesus says there, we consider next week, I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me even as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. In verse 27 he says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Jesus knows each sheep individually. Oh, we sit here together as a group, as a church. But isn't it comforting to know that God knows each one of you by name? Not just as a group gathering here at Wendell Presbyterian Church, but He knows each one of you called by name. You are known by God. And the shepherd has called his sheep by name. What does he do? He leads them. He guides them. He doesn't drive them with a whip. He leads them with a staff of righteousness. The shepherd goes before his sheep because they know his voice. They follow him. And by experience, they know that He will lead them to those green pastures. He will lead them to drink from those still waters. He will quiet our souls. As we consider what the shepherd does, well, He leads, He guides, He directs. John says here to him, to the shepherd, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now at this point, they've moved from that common sheepfold in the city to the, the shepherd in the hills keeping watch over his own flock, separated from all the other flocks. When Christ calls us by name, He calls us into His flock. He goes before us. He leads us out. And He knows us by name. The sheep know His voice. Now stop and think for a minute. How do we know His voice? Does he speak audibly to us? Come, follow me. He speaks by way of his word to us. In the scriptures of the Old and the New Testament, he speaks to us. We hear him and we follow him all the days of our life. John says, a stranger those sheep simply will not follow. You hear people 
on the internet, maybe on televised uh, church services and programs, that may say something that just doesn't sound quite right. Have you heard those things? How do you know they don't sound quite right? Because you have studied the truth. You know God's Word. You have hidden God's Word in your heart. And the Holy Spirit uses those words to direct you into the way of truth. See, a stranger, these sheep simply will not follow. They will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, verse 6, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not quite understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. Christ points out how the sheep will not follow a stranger's voice because they can recognize that it's not the shepherd's voice. Any of you who've had pets, maybe not a cat, dogs, I mean, cats are fairly independent creatures anyway. They make you think they're doing what you want them to do, and all the while they're doing simply what they want to do. If you have a dog, and you call that animal by name, what does that dog generally do? Come right to your side. If someone else is by your side and calls that dog by name, or maybe you're not even there and you go and you try to approach that dog and call it by name, that dog may not understand me, may not see me as his master and his friend, and he backs up and shies away from one who is a stranger. So it is with these sheep that the shepherd protects. Now the picture shifts here from a sheepfold in the city where there would be several flocks to one out in the countryside where there would only be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus twice here in verses 7 through 10 refers to him being the door. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And look at verse 9. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it. The King James Version says here, more abundantly. Jesus twice refers to himself as the gate or the door into the sheep fold. See, when the shepherd was at a distance from the city, and especially when he been, may have been in a territory that uh, he was taking his sheep into that maybe was unfamiliar, at night he would assemble for those sheep, a temporary enclosure, gathering uh, thorn bushes and branches and bramble and putting it together so that the sheep would be protected from the elements, from the wild animals. One thing was missing, though. 
And that was a physical door. As we have doors that lock and protect us on the inside and keep people on the outside that we want on the outside, these sheepfolds had no door except for the one who was their door. For the shepherd would at night lie down in that opening so that nothing could get in and those sheep could not get out. I had the opportunity to travel at one time to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Took a side trip into the desert outside of the the city there, which was in fact in the middle of the Arabian desert, and saw a sheep herder gathering his sheep into the pen, into the fold, and when asked, when someone asked, where is the, where's the gate? You know what he said? I am the gate. I am the door. So Jesus is the one who is the gate, who protects our going in and our going out. He said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. What does that actually mean to be saved? To be saved from what? What are we saved from? Well, the simple answer there is the wrath of God. We're saved from our sin, which was sacrificed in His body upon that tree. God's wrath will one day be poured out against sin as in the days of Noah. And those who are in that sheepfold, in the protection of the one who is the great shepherd of the sheep, will experience God's forgiveness of sin. Our cleansing of all of our unrighteousness. Christ has paid that penalty for sin for those who have come to Him in faith and repentance and are saved by God's grace. Saved from God's wrath and from the wages of sin. That's what we are saved from. How is it that we are saved? Well, by entering into that sheepfold. By coming into the protection of of the shepherd. See, when I read here about this protection behind this gate, that Jesus is the gate. He is the door. He is the door of the sheep fold. I couldn't help but think of Old Testament Passover time when on that tenth plague, God's people escaped God's wrath and judgment poured out against sin by doing what? By placing the blood of the Lamb on the lintel and on the doorpost. We read in Exodus chapter 12 that the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when He sees the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your house. Where are the sheep of His pasture? They're safe in that sheep fold behind the door 
who is our Savior, Jesus Christ. The death of Christ on the cross, the shedding of His blood, is the means by which we are saved. We are saved from the wrath of God and the sin that so easily entangles us, but we are saved to do something. What are we saved for? Well, Jesus says, we are saved to have life. And to have it, it, it's difficult to translate the, the language here, but to have life, to experience life more abundantly, more joyfully, more with the understanding that God has gone before us in Jesus Christ and we have no reason to fear. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, and how do we enter through Him? By God's grace, through faith. And that faith, not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. We enter through Him, He will be saved. Now and forever. And what comes after the and? And will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus leads us in that pasture beside those still waters. He restores our soul. What has He said previously? I am the bread of life. You feed upon Me. Oh, I look forward to the day when we will be able to feast at this table that is before us and once again experience the fullness of the means of grace God has given to us by participating at the table of our Lord, the Lord's Supper. Jesus has also said, I am the light of the world, and light shatters darkness. So those who are walking in the light of His Word do not walk in darkness. But see clearly, even in the midst of all the fog, He who believes in Me, as the Scripture said, from His innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So Jesus says, the thief comes here only to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came that they, those sheep, in my sheepfold might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came to give us life. To bring us the joy of our salvation to get us through those dark times of this world. I'm not saying here that you know, life as a believer, as a Christian, should always be carefree and happy. I mean, we should be concerned about the world. We should be concerned about sin. We should be concerned about other lives around us. But we should, I believe, never end up walking through our lives as Christian did, if you've read Pilgrim's Progress, going through the slough of despond 
with a heavy weight and load upon us. Because Christ came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Christ came that through Him this life might be lived in all its fullness because in the end, Isaiah tells us in chapter 12, verse 3, we will joyously draw water from the springs of what? Salvation. I will exult, Habakkuk says, in the Lord and rejoice in the God of my salvation. Jesus For the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God our Father. So that we can say as we're walking our lives, following the great shepherd, that it is all about Jesus. It is all about Him. For He alone is the gate. He alone is the passage of our lives into perfect peace and rest. And when we enter through Him, we are saved from the wrath of God and called into living this abundant life, this joyful life. Let me ask this. Do you know the shepherd's voice? Have you heard Him calling Have you come to Him into that sheepfold through the One who is the gate, the shepherd? I think there's great comfort in these verses before us to know that no matter what goes on around us, God is with us through Emmanuel, Jesus Christ. Is that voice one calling you, very familiar to you? As we actively listen for it, and Jesus speaks, He speaks with the voice of God speaking to us. You see, John has ultimately recorded all these words that we have before us. So that having them written we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. It's comforting, isn't it, to know that as Jesus calls us through the tumult of the the raging seas around us, that we've entered into His presence, secure behind that gate of the sheep, in that sheepfold, and we know that He is protecting us and will never leave us nor forsake us. Heavenly Father, 